and it's about to happen. It always comes on. It takes a second. Recording! Dr. Zarana Pringle, I am so happy to get to spend time with you because you and I have a history. We were lucky enough to get to work together on the How We Feel app in its early incarnations through your work with the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. And then once I had you in my sights, I always thought of you as one of my creativity gurus. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, It is great to be here and looking forward to a conversation. I would love to hear the latest on your book on creativity. What is going on? Are we near the end? Have you delivered it? We are near the beginning. Uh, (laughs) So uh, I am uh, getting the proposal out imminently. And uh, then the actual writing is very well underway. And I am very excited about it. I am very excited about it too. Can I tell you one of the things I learned from you that I often say, and you tell me how I got it wrong. Creativity has different parts to it. It's a journey. And there's this beginning moment of an idea, which is one part of it, but most of us equate that with creativity. And then there's the middle part of the journey, which is endurance, continuing to show up, sticking with it, Mm -hmm. being comfortable with ambiguity. Mm -hmm. And then there's the ending part, which is sharing it with the outside world. Did I get that right? You got it right in the most important parts of it. Now I can add to it, of course. Um, But yeah, we oftentimes think that creativity is about having ideas The issue is that lots of people have ideas but never do anything with them. Uh, And that part of doing something with them or not doing something with them is largely emotional. And and that is this this tension and this surprising thing when I talk to uh, people about creativity is that they never considered it being emotional. And uh, it really is. It really is a very deeply emotional journey. Uh, And you mentioned being comfortable with ambiguity. Um, You actually don't have to be comfortable. You have to do it. And if you are not comfortable, I have probably never been comfortable with anything in my life. (laughs) You still have to do it. You still have to say, I'm not comfortable with this, but I'm going to find a way to do it. Okay. I love that. One of the things I noticed when I was working on my book, I learned a lot from the experience of working on my book. And one of the things I noticed is that I would have different mini experiences within the experience of writing and and working with an artist on the visual elements. And sometimes I would feel like on top of the world, this is great. This is coming together. And other times I felt very vulnerable. Like, how could I possibly show this to anyone? What am I doing? And some self-doubt and then just confusion. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what you've seen. Like, how do you study creativity and what do you see in that emotional experience? Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, because we don't tend to talk about the emotional side of creativity, I think sometimes people who embark on the journey, who start it, 
when emotions and when when the sea gets rough, because it really is a journey, um, they they get the wrong message. They get the message that something is not quite right with mm-hmm. them or what they are doing. Uh, instead of the real message, they all creative process is rough like that. And all the all the things that you are describing, I feel you. I really empathize with you. I have been there and everybody I ever talk to who, who do anything creative have been through it in different ways. Um, and how I study creativity is um, I talk to people a lot. So I really like to ask them questions, um, sometimes open-ended questions. Sometimes I start from what they tell me open-ended ways and describing their process and then think of psychological factors that, that they are really getting at. And then try to do surveys or do um, you use our technology to beep people at random times during the day and say, hey, what are you doing right now? And what are you experiencing right now? And what's going on? How are you dealing with this process? So we can do it in different ways, but I always want to start with asking people direct. Did you think of yourself as a creative? Were you a creative child? Like when did creativity start to enter your life? That is such a wonderful question. Uh, because I think it entered it in ways that I only in retrospect label as creative, but I'm not sure that I was aware of the word at the time, to be honest with you. Uh, I also grew up in, in a different place. I grew up in Croatia on a small island in the Adriatic. Um, and the, in, the, in the language, in creation, the word creativity, there is, a, there is a, a local word for creativity, but then there is the imported word creativity, creativeness, that comes from English. And they have somewhat different meanings um, and different connotations. So the imported word creativity is more of an internal description of your traits or ways of thinking while the local word, the indigenous word, is more about doing. Mm. And I find that very interesting, just very interesting culturally. And since I have talked about this distinction with people from different, uh, different language and cultural groups, and this is not unique to Croatian and Bulgarian, it's the same thing. So, um, so I find that just interesting in itself. I, in retrospect, not having had at the time the word, creativity entered my, my awareness in, um, in a sense of when Harry met Sally. Remember that line <laughs> of, of want what she's having? Yes, of course. I had that experience when I was in first or second grade. Um, and I very distinctly remember this. We were in art class and the topic was uh, a local holiday. It was like an Independence Day type of holiday. Uh, and uh, we, we could do whatever we wanted to do that was appropriate for the holiday. And the class had, I think, 24 children. And 23 out of 24 did exactly the same thing. 
They did the main square in town with uh, all decorated with flags and, uh, you know, festive, uh, stereotypical. And this one girl did something totally different. And I remember, I remember distinctly what she did. It was a set of kids on a stage for, um, for a performance, for a, uh, for a performance for this holiday. Uh, and uh, I, I was completely awestruck. I did not know what word it was, but I really wanted what she had. She just saw something differently. She just created a different experience. And you hadn't realized that was possible. Exactly. I did not realize that was possible. My first concern, my first consideration was very typical for children in school, here, there, and everywhere. What does the teacher want me to do? And I thought what the teacher wanted me to do. And everybody else thought of that. But she took the uh, open-ended assignment as truly open-ended as expressive, as creative. Um, And that was the first time I became aware. I love that girl. Do you know where she is now? Yes, I actually, we lost touch because she moved. uh, moved, I moved away first and she moved away and we lost touch how life really takes you different places. But with the advent of Facebook, you know, we all searched for people we knew way back and we reconnected and I shared the story with her. And uh, she did not remember it. Uh, It was not an important story in her life, but it was an important story in my life. One thing that's so interesting about you, Zorana, is that you're a serious researcher. I mean, you are best in class in the research world. As far as I know it, I'm not an academic, but this is what I've surmised by working with academics. And You've taken on a topic that could be very amorphous in some ways that doesn't like that is, you know, emotions uh, can be hard to research. This is like a very interesting area of research. And I'm curious about where you think we are in our understanding of these topics. Like, are, is it just the beginning or do you think like, hey, we 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 know a lot about this at this point or you know i i feel like there aren't many yous there aren't many people that really are sort of on the cutting edge of thinking about these things i'm curious about your perspective on that i think that we have learned a lot but i think we still have a lot to learn so i i fully acknowledge what what progress has been made uh, it, it's I, I think it's similar to thinking of social change mm. um, in in thinking of uh, the status of women in the world. Uh, we have made a lot of progress, but we are certainly not happy where we are. yep. Um, and I think it's it's important to remember how much we have learned um, in the study of emotions. Just to think of, just to remind ourselves that we used to think emotions are bad, that they are they are detrimental to all kinds of things. They are, they make you irrational. They make you less productive. They make you less professional. 
you go on and on, we know that this is not true. And that is, if we didn't learn anything else but just that, that is fantastic. That is a major insight. And uh, we have to continue to communicate it and explain to people how this is the case. Because sometimes it's very surprising. Uh, but we have learned a lot. Now, that doesn't mean that now we are all set. <laughs> there is much more to do, for sure. Uh, but that is an exciting place to be, to, to think of it in where we are and when we are going in a more historical path. Based on everything that you've learned about creativity, and we often see these sort of handbook to creativity, do this, do that. I'm curious what kind of practices or strategies from your perspective are important to cultivate creativity in mm-hmm. your life? Um, it is, uh, I, I think the first step is to understand a little bit about the nature of creativity. Uh, I really loved when you, when you described your insights as you were writing your book. Uh, they are these ups and downs. They are times when everything is flowing, you are on top of the world, you have, I can do this feeling to it, uh, and you have proof of it because see how many words I wrote today. And then there are days when nothing comes out. Uh, and that is not unique to you or to me. Uh, that is pretty common. That, that is the nature of the creative process. And if we, if we knew a little bit about that, if we just knew to, to expect it in that way, we would know that, okay, this may be difficult right now, what we are going through, but it is not a reason to give up. Mm. Um, is it learning to have more endurance or like the next time, if I wrote another book, I would be like, here it is again. This is, I'm used to it. Like, is that the most we can hope for is that we're sort of aware of its nature that that is to be expected? Yeah. And it's, uh, it, some things are going to get easier with time and with doing more of it because part of creativity is skill. Part of it is, um, Take an example of writing that we are talking about. Part of it is how you structure, how you um, how you outline, uh, learning what works for you uh, generally and what works for your way of writing or your genre of writing. And certainly, when when you write your first book, it is less easy than when you write your fifteenth. I just recently listened to a podcast where Michael Lewis describe writing his first book and how cringeworthy he sees (laughs) some parts of it right now. In the meantime, his first book is still being sold. I know, I know. know. And still amazing, actually. (laughs) So, uh, so there's that to take into account, but he was, he was consciously trying to teach himself how to write. He was searching for his voice. He was uh, imitating some people who he was reading or admiring at the time. And in the second, third, and 10th book, uh, he did not have to do that. So some things become easier for sure, Um, but they are always going to be ups and downs. Creativity is not a smooth smooth process. 
So it's not that this is the best we can hope for in the sense it's going to be, um, there is no hope. There is much hope uh, and a lot can improve and a lot can become easier, but it's not going to be easy. Easier does not mean easy. My favorite anecdote that I ever read about this was Agatha Christie. I love her. I have probably read everything she ever wrote. Um, And I read that before reading, before writing each of her books, she would lie on her couch and stare into a wall for three days straight out of sheer despair how difficult this writing process is going to be. Now, this woman has written a hundred novels and most of them exceptionally successful. (laughs) Uh, And so if it was continually difficult for her, well, of course, it's going to be difficult for us. But important thing, I think the most important thing is she did not let that stop her. That's, I love that too. Thank you for sharing that. I love that too. I, I am interested in your take on something, Zorana. When I was younger, I never thought of myself as a creative person. Um, I, I thought I was good at producing and bringing things together. Um, and knowing how to spot talent and how to bring interesting thing elements together. Um, and through my career in the tech world, I was often fighting my ego around wanting to have a job that was perceived as powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I moved into a job that was even less creative, actually, for some part of my career. And I was not as successful at it. And my dear friend sat me down and said, Meredith, you are creative. I am concerned that you don't have creativity as part of your job. And she was exactly right. And I always talk about this. Thank you, Molly, that this was a very important moment for me to look at myself again in a fresh way and just reconsider myself. What what do you what do you think when you hear that story? I I love that story. It shows it shows several things to me. Um, it it shows how we think about creativity is important, and I think we have lots of misconceptions about creativity. Uh, oftentimes, if you ask people if they are creative, they're going to say, "Well, I'm not very artistic." To which my thought is, well, I didn't ask you whether you were artistic. I, we were talking about creativity. Maybe you're not artistic. Maybe you are something else. So there's this misconception that creativity is being artistic. Then there is another misconception that creativity is about absolute freedom. That you can only be creative if there are no constraints, if you're free to do anything in the world, which I I don't know where that came from, uh, because it's very puzzling, because no creativity is about that. Um, Even in the artistic domains, 
which are which we can think of as the most free to do whatever people are inspired to do, they are constraints. They are constraints of materials. They are constraints of uh, topics and what people want to do. Uh, they are constraints of the time that are historical time, which are very real. Uh, so absolute freedom does not exist there either. So I don't know where people came up with these ideas. And I think lots of these ideas about creativity really contribute to people like you who are clearly creative, um, not thinking, not attaching this word to yourself. Then there are also people in some specific, specific areas of work who just don't use the word creativity. I know lots of very creative engineers who just would never use that word. Objectively speaking, what they do is creative if somebody else looks at it. But, but how we think of it and what our culture tells us creativity is, we oftentimes don't attach the label to ourselves. And I think that's damaging. I think that's damaging to people in not realizing their potential. Yes, agreed. Building on their potential, not not exploring it further and not making those contributions that they should be making. It's so limiting. It's, yeah, it's self-limiting. Yes, exactly. I'm very glad you found your way back and that you, you found people who are going to sit you down and say, hey, you did not, you're not realizing something important about yourself. Oh, so grateful for that. So grateful for that. Um, Sarana, are you an overthinker? What is your relationship to overthinking? I love that question because it just really makes me overthink in itself, which makes it very meta. Uh, and <laughs> I find meta meta being uh, rather amusing. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> I I have been known to overthink. Uh, and really, if you ask this question to my husband, he would he would be choking now. Um, uh, I. I do, I can get paralyzed by overthinking. Mm. Um, and uh, I recognize it as a risk factor, as something that can happen to me. Uh, and the antidote is doing. Uh, so if I can get myself over starting, whatever that starting is, I'll be okay. I will get over it. Uh, if I let myself consider options and consider and build up the big monster in my head, then we are in trouble. <laughs> I, yeah. Very relatable. It, it comes in, it, it in decision-making a lot of, uh, and in simple things, it can be in simple things like we are going on a vacation right now. And I was, booking hotels and accommodations for the vacation, postponing it and postponing it and postponing it. It really took just one afternoon of doing once I set it. And meanwhile, you're writing a book proposal and you're writing a book and, you know, you're, that's the strange thing about overthinking. It can come out in these very small ways for sure. Um, what is the Croatian word for creativity and doing? I think I just want to make sure I remember those. So the local word is stvaralaštvo, which means 
creating in the making sense. Um, and the important word is creativeness, which comes from creativity. Uh, and it has a connotation of being more internal. I And we have no English equivalent to the first. Is that right? Uh, it would be more, it would be expressed as a verb. Mm. It would be creating. That mm. is the closest we can get. Okay. What is uh, something that you want to talk about that you haven't been asked lately? Have you had anything on your mind that this is a chance for you to share something that you haven't been able to share anywhere else? I. I really love thinking about and talking about what gets people from having an idea to doing something with it. Um, there was, uh, I, I ran across a New Yorker cartoon um, and uh, a New Yorker cartoon showing a fancy cocktail party scene. There's a group where a woman says, did you know that Harry invented a dockery? And everybody else has a surprised expression because, well, they didn't know that Harry did such a thing. And uh, to these expressions, she replies, yeah, but he never did anything with it. It was just in his head. And I think we all know people who have ideas so thinking of creativity in terms of having ideas gets that gets us to the point, oh, they are very creative, but then nothing comes out. And I'm very curious what happens. What happens that that potential for contribution, for performances, for products, um, for something that can influence and enrich their own lives and lives of other people does not end up happening. I am very curious too. And I can't wait to read what you find out about that. <laughs> this is a, and by the way, very Pinterest topic because Pinterest is filled with good ideas and what happens next, you know, how do you get to the point where you're actually taking action on those ideas? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, the taking the action starts with the first step of, of, of taking it, taking the idea and considering it, uh, where it breaks down is that people encounter obstacles, they encounter frustrations, and they take a wrong message from it. They take a message of something is wrong with an idea, something is wrong with me. Instead of, well, during the creative process, there are obstacles. Mm. Um, and the, there are obstacles for all creators that then they have to then work around, work over. You can imagine it as a wall. You can dig, dig under it. You can, you can break through it. You can climb over it. You can walk around it. You have to do something about it um, or you find a new path. It's interesting because I, I, there are certain names will come up and I'll say, that's one of my creative heroes. Like I have some creative heroes in the world 
And some of them are no longer with us, David Bowie, but some of them are with us still. And do you have creative heroes? Mm-hmm. Well, my first creative hero was a cartoon character. I love it. <laughs> that for, for something different. Um, so um, my first cartoon uh, character, my favorite cartoon character of all time, his name is Professor Balthazar. And uh, he is a cartoon made in Croatia. Uh, it's YouTubeable, so you can put in Professor Balthazar in YouTube and find them. They come in English too. Um, they come in multiple languages. And he is an inventor. But there are multiple interesting things about him. Uh, he's an inventor, uh, and people come to him with problems, or he notices problems in the world. And there is a very real element of altruistic and helping people in his work. Mm. He's responding to real things in the world. Um, As people come, he then uh, listens. He very carefully listens. And he learns about what's going on. And then he goes into his thinking room into his, well, what we could think of thinking. And in the thinking room, there is a gigantic room-sized machine in every color, every shape, Rue Goldbergian type of device. Um, And uh, he first paces up and down and up and down between curtains as if theater curtains. Um, And then he goes in this room and turns on... um, turns on the machine, and out of the machine comes uh, a drop, a drop of liquid, which he then uh, drops onto the ground, and an invention just appears. And I, uh, I remember watching the cartoon, and these inventions are very colorful, very fanciful. They are a little bit surreal. They're just fantastic. Um, And I remember even as a kid, uh, really being intrigued by this social nature of creativity and responding to the world, but also really wondering, well, what's going on in the machine? Because we do not see the process. We see that it's very complex. We see that lots of things turn on and off, but we don't know what really happened. And that, that is something that uh, I watched as a very small child. And to this day, uh, is a good metaphor of what creative process is like. I love that. I love that so much. What a wonderful answer. And is it just me or is there also a connection to Agatha Christie? I mean, doesn't Poirot just, that's his name, right? Poirot? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't he just sort of, he sits and thinks or walks and with his mustache, like there's a lot of just like things are happening internally that you're then surprised with the outcome. Yeah. And observation, uh, even more so than Poirot, Miss Marple, her other character, um, is this little old lady who nobody notices, but she notices everything. Oh, I love that. 
And she's taking these disjointed pieces of information and putting them together. That's so beautiful. I love that. Uh, what is your latest win, Zorana? This is my last question, by the way. What is your latest win? Oh, the latest win. Well, the latest win is um, I have just uh, I have just sent to the publisher and, and heard back from the publisher that um, my handbook of creativity and emotion is in production and uh, all in. Um, and that is, uh, I know we started the conversation with uh, talking about my, uh, my book for the general audience. This is my book for the scientific audience, an edited handbook by Cambridge University Press. Um, and it's the first of its kind. So I am very proud of it. And it's a wonderful accomplishment. And it shows the two sides of what I do, the, the scholarly side. And well, the point of the scholarly side is to make people's lives better. So we have to tell people uh, in ways that that are appealing and that are um, relatable. I am so happy for you. Congratulations. I'm very excited to share when the time is right, your general audience book as well. We'll put links to everything in the podcast. And um, I just want to thank you for being one of my inspirations and just such a wonderful person to know, Zorana. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you for having me.